Hey, hey, Zach. Yeah, what's up? Let's say, like, you did something weird in Sanford where this movie that we're discussing, Hot Fuzz, takes place, and you were to get arrested. Uh, what did you get arrested for? You mean, like, what's my weird quirk that would get me arrested? Yes. Well, <laughs> you can probably attest to this, but uh, according to Amanda, I am a milk pervert and that I like to drink milk, and so I feel like I'd get arrested for drinking milk because that's just weird. Like, objectively, <laughs> I understand that drinking a glass of milk after, like, uh, you know, eating some cookies, like, anything more than a small glass is just weird, objectively, even though I like the taste. So I think I'd get arrested for being, as my wife so lovingly calls me, a milk pervert. A milk what a, Yeah. What about you? You um Oh, okay. I know what I'd get arrested for. I'd get arrested because I would make too many baked goods and that makes people, I don't know, upset because they're all becoming unhealthy. Wait, so so I just bared my soul and called myself a milk pervert and you decide to humble brag about how much you like to bake? Yes. This this is totally... You were setting me up so that our listeners could turn against me, weren't you? I guess another thing is um, I have ADD, so I guess I don't focus, and that annoys people too, and I change the subject to something random. Like, I could think of, like, an episode of Shit's Creek and just randomly bring it up in an episode or bring it up in a conversation and be like, whoa, 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 I don't like this person. She just comes up with random stuff. Okay, I think that would get, yeah, more because in Sanford, they probably don't like if people don't stay focused and don't listen, so. These are just bad. I like yeah. your milk pervert one. God. That's good. Damn it. I'm just, that's. I shouldn't have brought that up. This is just going to haunt me for the rest of this podcast, isn't it? Okay, well, <laughs> let's let's go properly visit Sanford. Let's start the episode. sister and i'm zach the brother and this is laughing at ourselves welcome to our podcast about movies each month one of us chooses a theme and we do deep dives into a couple films each that we love hi Haley. hey zach how's it going oh it's going how are you good just uh buckling down for more covid hooray yay <laughs> things are wonderful <laughs> yep uh, yeah no good How, how's how's spokane uh spokane um we're struggling right now yeah how is stafford it's good here i i think it's a little more controlled but uh have no interest in in going out i'm get i'm hearing more and more cases so i'm fine to just stay in and yeah before we jump in pop culture corner do you have anything for today oh yes i do 
my pop culture corner would probably be uh, this weekend uh, for Saturday Night Live, Timothy Chalamet was the host, and I was pretty excited about it because um, we love Timothy Chalamet. Yep. It was it was an all right episode, not horrible, but not the best. But the whole time, I was thinking of that letter Kenny line that he says to I forget his name. But anyway, I wish you weren't so fucking awkward, bud. <laughs> <laughs> that that seems about the appropriate response to anything Timothy Chalamet does. So <laughs> It's funny how you can be like one of the best like he's a he is a really good actor. He is. He is not good at being funny. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a funny person. He's just very <laughs> awkward and sweet. Fair enough. Not a bad and, thing. And that's true. <laughs> yeah, I I think he's better at the more serious roles, so. Oh, I did boy. like his little, um, I'm trying to think of like a little snippet that made me laugh. They had this little skit called Baby Horse or Little Horse. Have you seen it? <laughs> <laughs> Is it the one where he's like, dressed up and he's with pete davidson and they're like in colorful stuff or no oh it's um it's this christmas skit where they're about to lose their house or something like that and he needs to sell his little horse and it's literally this miniature horse that's alive and it's just gonna be famous (laughs) or whatever okay (laughs) and there's this scene where he's like telling it to get away because he doesn't want to sell it He's like, get, boy, get. And since it's a little horse, it can't travel that far. So it's just him shouting at it, go, just leave. And it's just traveling the slowest pace ever. Saturday Night Night Live is weird. I know. Who came up with this? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Um, But what is your pop culture corner? There is a band that I really like that, came out with an album earlier this year that I didn't know that they released. So it's uh, Peach Pit. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, they put out a new album, You and Your Friends, and um, it got, like, okay reviews. It came out in April, but I've been listening to it all week so far, and and I really like it. So would recommend. It's good, like, summer summer listening or just driving stuff. I know we're not in summer. I was telling my brother Kevin that Peach Pit is very much becoming my new Miniature Tigers. You remember how much I loved the first Miniature Tigers record, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't really get into their other albums? Peach Pit, I think, has like a perfect first album. And then the second one, it's not as good, but it's still like decent songs for the same mood, so... I'll have to listen to that because I love miniatures, tigers, uh, miniature tigers. What is it? Tell it to the volcano or yeah. what's that album called? Is that That's it? what it's called. Yep. Great album. So, but yeah, that's mine. But enough of that. So what, what are we talking today, Haley? Yes, we are discussing Hot Fuzz, which is Zachary's pick. Yeah, it's uh, it's a 2007 film. Um I kind of maintain that I think 2007 is like the best year of movies for me, mm-hmm. you know, because some of my favorite movies all came out that year, including Lars and the Real Girl. So this is mm-hmm. like, 
It's great. Uh, yeah, it's a film by Edgar Wright and written by Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg. And it's part of their uh, Cornetto trilogy. So it was a part of uh, so Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End were all like loosely a trilogy where in each one they eat this like ice cream that's popular in England called the Cornetto ice cream. So they, in each film, they have that, and it's loosely like just comedies that are parodies of other genres. And so, you know, Shaun of the Dead is the zombie one. This is the action movie, and then the world's end is sci-fi. And this is an action comedy parody film, and it's just about a very, very, very competent police officer who gets sent out to like a village that's supposed to be the safest village in the world but then he uncovers a conspiracy and that's really it <laughs> so kind of a weird pick for me because I'm not really big on action movies and kind of surprised me that this is a movie like I found myself renting it multiple times to the point where I was like why don't I just buy this and then I saw that all three of those movies were in a bundle together. So, uh, yeah, I I have watched this a number of times and find something new and funny each time. So why did you pick this for our hibernation theme? Um, because I, even though there's a lot of action, it it's not too crazy. Uh, it's nice to see people, like, doing good you know both in positions of authority and just in general and I think it's really funny like comfort movies for me sometime you know hibernation is I want to like have some escapism and just laugh Mm -hmm. and this movie never fails to make me laugh so it's I, I and it's one that I I can just start watching at any time and still find funny but yeah, I love most of Edgar Wright's films. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he's made necessarily a bad movie, and I just think this is his best. So I think I texted you beforehand, like, I wanted to know your rating of Edgar Wright movies. Did, have you seen all of his stuff? He has five movies, is that right? Yes. Yes, I have seen all of them. Lowest to highest, what's... What's your rating? Baby Driver. That's number five? Yeah. Okay. I don't like Ansel Elgort. Is that how I say it? I think so. He's one of those actors that I don't think is very good at acting. (laughs) Okay. And I have an issue when, like, when people that are attractive know they are attractive. It grosses me out. Understandable. So, um... that but that's not it it's just also i don't know i didn't really care for it okay uh the fourth is world's end okay third is Shaun of the dead okay two is scott pilgrim okay and are you happy i said hot fuzz for number one i am i thought you were gonna say scott pilgrim (laughs) no i have some issues with scott pilgrim but it's still good i do have some issues fair mainly the dating a minor yeah well, that's another topic. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get. I'm, I'm sure that we'll end up talking about Scott Pilgrim on this podcast. Oh, so. absolutely! It's a great movie. 
Um, what are yours? We have, I think, the exact same order. Really? Yeah. For a while, I had Baby Driver above World's End, but uh-huh. I think I I will watch Baby Driver because that's my number five for like the cool car chase sequences. But yeah. I find myself like fast forwarding. I I have watched on YouTube the first like six minutes of that movie multiple times that's because the best part. It's so good. The soundtrack is so good. It's also tough to watch because Ansel Elgort's kind of, you know, full of himself, but Kevin Spacey's also in it, and oh, Kevin yeah. Spacey's a, a big fat nope, so... I always thought that Edgar Wright, after seeing that movie, I wish he would make a musical. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I think Baby Driver might be the closest we get to. <laughs> I want a musical musical. Like, he would, like, it would be the best one ever. I know. It's... I mean, it's wild. Like, technically, that movie is phenomenal. The way he, like, mm-hmm. paired the script with the music and he made the actors, like, with the script listen to the soundtrack as they were, you know, prepping scenes. And, you know, even the gunfights in line with the music. Like, mm-hmm. very amazing. But I have problems with it. World's End, I think, is the the weakest of the three of the Cornetto trilogy. But I still think it's funny. Uh, Shaun of the Dead is a classic. I don't think that you can really do much better in a zombie film than than that, but it's I know that that is like loved by many people. And then Scott Pilgrim, a lot of amazing things in that. I think that is on par technically with Baby Driver and what he's doing, like the directing there. Oh yeah. Directing wise it's so good. Scott Pilgrim kind of a piece of shit like the character Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Hot Fuzz is obviously my number one because it's in my top five. And it's, it's in your top five? That was going to be my question. Um, yeah. Where does it rank? It's my number three. It's Lars and the Real Girl, Big Fish, and then Hot Fuzz. Okay. There was something this time that I watched where, you know, how everyone's, like, asking him how his hand is. And then there's the, like, cool technical shot of him laying in bed a little bit later and he's like squeezing that hand exercise thing Mm -hmm. and it like cuts to the next day i just didn't think about like him he's doing that not because it's like a stress reliever but because his hand is stiff so he's still dealing with like the stiffness of being stabbed doesn't really come up again but yeah i yeah there's just little things that i i love catching and it's yeah, it's really good. So what, do you remember the first time you saw this movie? I watched it with Michael before, but I don't think I was really paying attention because I think he was about to leave, so he was packing while he was doing it. Okay. And we wanted something lighthearted because he was probably going to go somewhere awful. Understandable. Um, the military. But this was the first time like I really paid attention to it, and I loved it. When did you see it? I don't remember the first time watching it. I I know it had to have been pretty shortly after it came out. I may have had to rent it. I think I watched it with dad. And I think the first time I watched it, I wasn't into it. I'm not an action movie person. Like, it's not really my genre. And I think it has a lot to do with, like, in high school, it was very much expected, you know, guys have to watch all the cool action films like Fast and the Furious and all that. And, you know, I I was the judgmental prick that I was in high school of like, oh, I'm above those crappy popcorn movies. <laughs> when, I mean, you know, 
they're good movies if you just watch them for what they are. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know. I just came back to this one and I found it like it was one that I never got tired of watching. And it was to the point where I think Amanda at one point was like, you watch this movie a lot. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't realized it to the point where I like even she enjoyed watching it just because I'd have it on in the background. And <laughs> I think we'll get into it as we discuss the scenes more and more. But there's there's a really good video that I sent you by Mikey Newman, who does this really cool series called Movies with Mikey. I, I probably talked about it before on the podcast. But he does an episode on each of the Cornetto Trilogy films. And the best one is on hot fuzz and just why it's like such a good movie and highly recommended. He he talks more eloquently about this movie than I ever will, but. But we will get to that at the next commercial or we're going into a commercial break. Uh, (laughs) Rewind that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm getting the sense based on I'm having to redo this. Uh, that Haley wants me to stop talking so we can go to a commercial break. So let's do that. Bada bing. <laughs> and we're back. Haley, you, I think you mentioned that, obviously in this episode, but off mic, that Michael likes this movie. Is he a fan of Edgar Wright in general, or is he just a fan of this movie? Oh, he loves um, Simon Pegg as an actor. He is a good actor. He doesn't know directors as, I don't know, doesn't know facts about movies as much as we do. He just likes to watch him. Okay. He loves Hot Buzz. I, I remember, like, he gave me a top five movies, and I think that was, well, besides A Knight's Tale, I think Hot Fuzz was, like, number two. Oh, nice. He has good taste. Yes. <laughs> So he he watched it with you this time? Oh yeah. He was dying laughing. It was it was fun to watch with him. Yeah, it's Amanda will pop in like I said occasionally. A lot of times when I watch Amanda doesn't watch uh as many movies as I do. Mm-hmm. Um but this was one that she'll occasionally pop in and still laugh at just how ridiculous it is. So yeah, the the movie starts off with PC Nicholas Angel. He is the like top cop in London. It it goes through like a bunch of crazy things about how awesome of a cop he is and that he's not like violent or angry. He's just very dedicated and good at his job. And so much so that he is making the rest of the police force in London look bad. So they're promoting him out of town to a small village, rural town that has had Village of the Year for a long time, and he's shipped out. Uh, There's a lot of, like, cameos right at the beginning, especially for people who, you know, are big in the UK. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you you catch that at the very beginning Peter Jackson shows up? No, I saw that later on when I watched that video you sent me, and freaking Kate Blanchett is in it too. She's Janine. Yeah. Why wouldn't you show her face? Why wouldn't you show her perfect face? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, her perfect eyes are in. So. That is true. But yeah, she's she's uncredited. 
Yeah. Peter Jackson shows up and just stabs Simon Pegg for like a frame <laughs> as Santa, uh, which is amazing. And there's just some great sequences. Like I, I know that there's the video from every frame a painting where they have one on Edgar Wright about all of his movies and how he's just very good at editing and how he does like physical comedy. Well, I think I showed that to you and dad where instead of like the improv of Judd Apatow movies where it's just people talking, he'll do things with not only the filmmaking techniques but physical comedy to get like one of the funniest scenes ever in in any film is Scott Pilgrim when he like jumps out the window when Knives shows up asking where he is and you know what I'm talking about? Yep. <laughs> like instead of just saying, no, he's not here and him hiding in the corner, you see Scott like dive out the window <laughs> and reach back in, grab his coat. Like, so Edgar Wright is good at like doing that visual comedy. And in a lot of videos that I watch for this, he gets a lot of props for the scene where Simon Pegg's character is traveling from London to Sanford. Yeah, I love that scene. Where it's like him on the train and because people point out like in, in there's a bunch of videos, you know, in most action movies when the character has to be shipped off, they would just show like there'd be upbeat music and it would show a car driving and then you'd see the city. You would never see the character. It's the assistant director who will be sent out to film like exterior shots. But Edgar Wright instead makes it a point to show like how devastated the character is traveling and you have to follow him as cell phone stuff goes away, but he carries his plant. And I don't know. I, I love the setup of just like a really dedicated dude being pushed off and... Yeah, I mean, anything for the opening that stuck out to you? Nothing really. I like that when he gets to the town, he's like a day early. doesn't even like his first day is like, oh, let's say the next day. Yeah. And he's just walking around trying to scope out the city, get a feel for it. And he goes into this bar and he sees, <laughs> you know, the what is it, legal age limit is above 18 to drink, and he's starting to scope out these people there, and he's starting to see, like, acne or, like, people that look too young, and I, my, I love this little scene where this kid has braces on that just shine in his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bright, bright light of just, it's this slow-mo moment of a, uh, teen who's clearly like 14 or 15 laughing and the bright light hitting Simon oh yeah that's hilarious yeah so he I mean Simon Pegg's character is such a like dedicated officer of the law that he like rounds up all these teens and arrests them and I love that part too there's like a cone over this kid's head he like arrests the whole village <laughs> like his first day I know during this time where he is rounding everyone up. He also arrests a man who was very, very drunk. That turns out to be the police chief's son, Danny Butterman, played by Nick Frost, who I think is the true MVP of this movie. Danny is... I love Nick Frost. He is great in all three of the Cornetto trilogy movies. But I think he's the best in this. One thing that... <laughs> 
I I have to share this because I I feel like we need to talk about the relationship between Danny and Nick in this. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, their characters, how they become such best friends. The first draft of the script for Hot Fuzz actually had a love interest for Simon Pegg's character, and her name was Victoria, but she was cut out from, you know, later drafts. But they kept a lot of her dialogue and gave it to Danny because, and they point this out in the movies with Mikey, like, that video, Danny is Nick's soulmate. Yes. They were meant to be best friends, and so much so that Nick Frost in interviews has talked about how he played that part as a romantic part. So the scene where they're like sitting and talking and they're about to watch the, the movies and, you know, he's saying, you got to get out of here. You know, you got to get out of your head. And, and, you know, Nick Frost says he, he spent that entire time looking at Simon Pegg's lips because that's a thing in movies where like, if the characters are into each other and they're about to kiss, they'll like stare at each other's lips like they're going to. So he he played it like a romantic part, even though they weren't going to do anything because he wanted it to be this true connection between them. And if you rewatch it, you see that like he basically plays <laughs> Simon Pegg's love interest in this movie and it just chef's kiss. It makes it so much better to watch it as like these two are soulmates. <laughs> Their exchanges throughout the whole film was so funny. Nick Frost is hilarious. I know. Just the continuous, like, his thing we find out is cop movies, buddy cop movies. <laughs> and he has the largest collection known to man. Oh, my gosh. That was actually <laughs> the real-life collection of Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright's brother, and one producer. They put all of their movies together together. So that you could see that Danny just has way too many movies. <laughs> I love that. And I just love all of the questions he asked Simon too. I know. <laughs> in front of a bunch of school kids. Is it true that if you shoot a man in a certain part of his head, it will explode? He's asking him all of these action movie questions too. Have you ever jumped in the air and shot a gun? <laughs> Have you ever, like, were you ever in a speed chase shooting a gun outside the window? <laughs> <laughs> and then they do all those things later yes, in the movie, which is I amazing. Love that. <laughs> for, for the script, Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright spent, I think it was 18 months writing the script. They watched 138 cop related movies. Holy crap. In preparation because they wanted to do a proper parody of all of those movies. And they even went so far as, do you, you know the critic uh, Roger, Roger Ebert? Uh-huh. The guy who did the, he, I guess, at one point had put out like a, all the stereotypical things you see in an action movie list. Like things that are just, it's becoming boring that we're seeing them. Uh-huh. And Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright made sure to include every single one of those things in the movie <laughs> so that so that they could check off and say, yeah, we, we're doing it all. They wanted to, <laughs> they also said that they wanted to have a title that meant nothing. So if you think about it like Hot Fuzz, what is, 
what does that mean? And they're like, well, think about it. Point break. Lethal weapon. Like, those titles mean nothing. Executive decision. Like, so they were trying to just have as much fun at the expense of action movies as possible. I love that. (laughs) I know. I cannot. I watched 31 horror movies in one month. Uh Uh-huh. And I felt like I was going crazy a little bit. I can't imagine watching 138 cop movies in a row. Oh my gosh. I would I would not want to. No. Uh, yeah, he's after meeting with Frank Butterman, the chief. You find out first, I think in the first big like murder mystery of the movie, uh, that there is a, a adaptation of Romeo and Juliet happening with maybe one of my favorite reaction shots of them doing, love me, love me. <laughs> and then Simon Pegg's just horror at what they're doing to Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> I laughed so much at that scene. I know. <laughs> just every time that gets me just the, the horror on his face. I mean, Romeo and Juliet is overdone, clearly, but like to end, oh my God. <laughs> Another scene that I liked from Hot Fuzz is when Simon Pegg is starting to do his patrols and everything and people are giving him a hard time and he gets a call from a guy who lost his swan and his name is like P.I. or something (laughs) like that and he's just like, you can go piss yourself and blah, blah, blah and he's yelling at him and then he goes to the scene. Turns out real guy lost his swan pretty upset yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how that was featured throughout the film like you just see the swan and there's points where it's like oh, there's a bigger issue and he goes to the bigger issue instead of goes to the swan which yeah. the other or Mikey talks about in his video yeah there's there's so many little subplots that like get introduced and then don't get resolved until the very end mm-hmm. and they're all satisfying like it's it's interesting that this is a like it's a murder mystery movie it's a horror movie it's an action movie and a comedy like there's so much going on in this movie and a rom-com and a rom-com between (laughs) absolutely yeah see it's carrying the the thread from roman holiday there would be no hot fuzz without roman holiday (laughs) (laughs) yes So yeah, there's just this progression of people getting killed in this this village and everyone keeps saying it's an accident. First it's the the Romeo and Juliet couple with the, you know, terrible terrible rendition of Shakespeare and the very annoying laugh. And then the man who has the very tacky house, his home gets blown up and no one else, not not even Simon Pegg's character sees this, but you get to see this hooded figure who is, like, killing people out of nowhere. It's very kind of creepy. There's the gas explosion. I absolutely love all of the police officers who are in the station in Stanford. Uh, Olivia Coleman is hilarious as the only uh, female officer. And... She plays uh, Doris Thatcher, and apparently that is, th- this is something that I wouldn't have known unless I looked it up. 
calling her Doris was on purpose because I guess for a while, all women who became police officers were just called Doris as like just a, almost like a derogatory thing of, yeah, it's a woman, it's just Doris. So they call her Doris. Um, you've got, <laughs> uh, the two Andes who I think have the funniest moment in this movie. And it's, uh, I wish that we could post gifs on Instagram instead of just still. I know what you're talking about. That amazing scene, how they're somehow able, like they orchestrated it so well. Where like one of them goes off scene, off screen and then the other one's like floating off screen and the other one comes back on and they're both frowning at him. Yeah. So fucking funny. There's the really great scene where they go off and there's the guy who it's actually the janitor from Harry Potter who's got all the guns. <gasps> that was... Oh my gosh, I keep saying that was my favorite scene. Um, this was probably my favorite scene, or it's a tie between something else that we'll discuss later. Just like they go to this guy's house and they're checking out like his shed or whatever. <laughs> and he's, they're like, is that gun registered? And he's like, yeah, only this one. Yeah. And Simon's like, only this one? And they go in and it's just wall after wall of all of these guns and his response is yeah just found them <laughs> just found them and <laughs> like, where do you find these guns and danny's response uh, is by the power of grayskull <laughs> <laughs> and he finds a freaking sea mine too i know that almost goes off and yeah it it's just there's so many guns and it's not a throwaway gag either because both the mine and all of the guns come back into play later on in the movie. Like Yes, which I loved. Um, but we'll discuss more of that in the next commercial break. And we're back. So, Haley, I, I know that you said you'd seen this kind of before, but this was your first time paying attention. Did you have any, like, suspects as to who was doing it? No, I didn't. I completely forgot. I remember seeing the hooded figures, and I didn't know that it was the council. So, I don't know. I don't mind spoilers at all, but sometimes it's fun to be surprised and just be like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Um, but did you suspect it early on? I remember when I first watched it, I thought, I thought for sure... It was the guy who owned the grocery store, the Skinner. Skinner, yeah. You know, I mean, and he's he's the red herring because he, I mean, he comes out and tells you when you first meet him that he's a slasher. And so, like, and everything about him, it's like, okay, this seems a little too obvious. But no, it is him, but also all the other, you know, elders in town. But yeah, I mean, they they tell you when you're introduced to them why they're evil and why they're killing people like the you know they the bartender and his wife talk about they don't like the paper because you know he uh he his spelling is atrocious and he said the woman's age was 55 but when she's actually 53 like they killed the journalist for that <laughs> so what yeah I, that that's oh the joke gosh. is that like it's not that he 
was going to reveal that's what the whole like city council thing or when he finds out that it's the whole group of elders they admit that they didn't kill him because he was going to expose them they killed him because he the journalist got the wife's age wrong oh my gosh <laughs> like they're so petty i know it's it's just creepy hearing them all say the greater good and did you notice that the words greater good like are never said once if someone says the greater good someone else has to say it because it's just the creepy chant of the greater good <laughs> it's yeah that was like a really like shocking ending like it kind of was disturbing in a way like they were killing these people for no good reason and yeah there i mean like, could you imagine if that was happening oh my gosh no I like, um, just to touch a little bit more on the sea mine spot before I get into this next section, I like how Edgar Wright gives some of the characters, like, these little, like, I wouldn't call them accents, but these just little quirks, like, one guy says, nar, or something, <laughs> and there's some people who just speak gibberish, and people can understand it. Yeah, the translation. Yep. Yes. It's like the more you live there, the longer you'll know what they're saying. And I feel like there's parts of the states where you're like, what in the world does that mean? And the longer you live there, you adapt to it. But I thought that was kind of cool that he created his own thing for that. Yeah, it's great to like to see. Yeah, I I feel like that also kind of works with, you know, you think about Iowa or some of those yeah. like northern or midwestern states where eventually you're going to hear people saying things that you don't understand and you have the four levels of translation. Yes. Uh, but then it also works out really great that by the end, Nicholas Angel is able to interpret the guy, to your point. Like, the longer you stay there, the more you understand. Yes. So. I just, that was a great, clever, like, little thing. Like, I love these little things. Like, they don't really mean too much, but I'm glad they're in it. Yeah, because it's, it's all world building and making this just like, it feels like care was put into every single moment of this movie. So. Yes, I love those little scenes. Uh, but back to the evil council. Yes. There is a very horrific murder in this. I mean, you see, obviously, like, off screen, there's a decapitation and then there's an explosion, uh -huh. like those scenes. But then, I, like, I still cringe a little whenever they push the part of the church off and kill the journalist. Like, the shot of the stone oh. in his body and just, like, him. That was crazy unexpected. Yeah. Mine, I literally gasp at, gasped at one of them because I did not see it coming. It was uh, when Skinner falls over their little miniature town that they have as a thing. Oh, yeah. I was just, <gasps> what? When it when it goes through the the bottom of his mouth and oh up in, gosh. I thought he was dead. I and so then too. he like, and then I think it's really funny when he's like, "This really hurts." <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene. Um, um, yeah. I like also. Like, once the 
uh, Sergeant Ang- Angel, Angle, they call him that Angle. Uh, finds out, you know, the whole town is basically evil. He stocks up on a ridiculous amount of guns like <laughs> it's entire i know so funny but he needed it it was necessary the whole town was evil uh, walking I know. around he... on a horse <laughs> i know he looks like an action movie star <laughs> and this is after yeah so um after like a couple more deaths he he finally goes to like confront he thinks he's built up evidence he finds out the entire like neighborhood watch association has basically just turned this into an evil town, even though it's the like supposed to be the village of the year and the best village. They're basically just killing people and making it an ax. They're making it look like accidents, and it's just this very creepy. Th- where, you know, there's jokes of them like killing the living statue and getting angry at jugglers and whatnot. But there's also the underlying like terrifying idea of we're not going to deal with these kids who went to jail. We're just going to kill them. Like they kill kids. Yeah. And it's also like, there's the underlying racism of like people coming from out of town. We don't want them here. And you know, just, shoplifters they don't get punished they don't go to jail we don't want to have any of that let's just murder them but also for petty things like spelling a name wrong or having an annoying laugh or being a milk pervert like that would get you murdered in this town i love the shootout scene just all of these people with all of these guns like that grandma with the guns riding a bike, I was laughing so much. <laughs> it is so fucking funny. I, I'm like trying to rush through the bits of like, yeah, Nick Angel, he has to leave town, but he comes back and he's got all these guns. The set piece of them in the town center and just all of them pulling out guns and firing and just like him using you know the kids to spray paint stuff and also tackle the sniper lady who's 80 years old and is talking about nick angel's ass you know like there's all that but yeah the the woman on the bike (laughs) (laughs) her getting knocked out the priest who's like i know you know when nick angel's like i know what's right versus wrong and he's like shut the fuck up and then pulls out a shotgun (laughs) oh my gosh yeah, it is so wonderful just seeing that chaos ensue. And I love when they team up with the cops. And, you know, the cops first come to arrest um, Simon Pegg and Nick's, Nick Frost's character. And then it's like, no, come on, guys, really think about it. There aren't accidents here. People have been getting murdered. And them going to the grocery store... Can is I also... share that? That's yes. my favorite part. That is my favorite part ever. Oh my gosh. Just the whole... I know. Just at random moments. All of it. <laughs> so for those of you who haven't seen it, just to... Edgar Wright, in order to make this the most ridiculous scene ever, because they're going to confront who they think the big bad evil the the skinner they're running up to the grocery store 
and it's like six of them. And you can just constantly hear in the background guns cocking, even though you don't see them cock. Like, it's just constantly, even while they're talking, there's guns cocking just to make it as ridiculous as possible that, like, why would they have all these guns? (laughs) I love that scene. Oh, me and Michael are just losing it at that. Yeah, because there's that, and then they go in and the the andy's like supporting each other and one of the andy's getting a knife thrown at him and getting covered in marinara sauce or <laughs> sauce and the other andy going no and he's going andy it's just bolognese <laughs> i love when they're like mid shootout or something and they're hiding or reloading or something they're telling each other their badass stories then going back in there. <laughs> I know. The did you did you tell him to chill out when you put him in? No, no, but I did tell Lurch the other time that playtime's over. <laughs> like, <laughs> as the as knives are flying and you continue to hear guns getting cocked and It's so good. I love Olivia Coleman picking up the wet floor sign and knocking the woman out and and (laughs) her going nothing like a little girl on girl right and all of them (laughs) laughing (laughs) i i really appreciate that olivia coleman who oscar award winner she's in the favorite she's in the crown she's in fleabag her whole point in this movie is just to tell a bunch of dirty sex jokes it's great (laughs) That is great. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I enjoyed this movie so much. I'm glad that I rewatched it and gave it another go. Um, This time it wasn't sad because Michael was right by me. It was a great movie to, it's a great hibernation movie. So awesome. It is. Thank you. So yeah, I think that's, that's kind of it. I, that I have for Hot Fuzz. I mean, I'm, I'm going to watch this movie kind of forever. I think it's just funny. Um, but I'm I'm really excited for what we have lined up for the rest of December. I know we're kind of winding in towards the end. We've got one more, like, just regular comfort movie episode. We're going to do A Knight's Tale, because that's Michael, your husband's comfort movie. Very excited to have him on. But then... We are going to do a best of 2020. Um, we're going to not just talk about movies that came out in 2020, but instead like best of COVID quarantine, what we watched, what we enjoyed. And then Haley, do you want to talk about, uh, I, I know we're going to be talking with them soon. I don't know when the episode's going to come out, but we're doing a very special episode for think the beginning of january right yes we'll be doing a couple with people who make movies we'll be interviewing michael's brother joey who uh is a filmmaker he creates these hilarious movies and then we'll be interviewing a screenwriter of night of the living dead who created zombies basically flesh-eating zombies so we're pretty stoked about that. What we see that. in movies today. Yeah. Yep. He inspired Quentin Tarantino, all of that stuff. So very excited. Yeah. Uh, please rate and subscribe to our podcast. Uh, let us know 
what you think. We'd, we'd love some feedback. Um, we've gotten a few reviews on Apple Podcasts. I don't think there's many other places that do um, reviews, but we'd love to hear what you think. Um, you know, even just send us a message online. Uh, we've got a few different uh, social media spots. Haley, where can people find us? Yes, please follow us on Instagram at us laughing at us and on Twitter at siblings laugh. And please tell your neighbor we say hi and hope that they won't kill you for a weird quirk that you do. Yeah, be nice to them, except if they too are a milk pervert. <laughs> <laughs> Also, Haley, I think we uh, we owe some people some shout-outs. We were gracefully, uh, gratefully, we were included in a Instagram poll by uh, screenwriters.choice. Um, very cool account. They are, uh, yeah, if you search for screenwriters, one word, dot choice, they've got some great movie content, and they put us up in a poll, um, and they were promoting just a bunch of other film podcasts. Really love to see, you know, these people supporting one another. We have a shout out for our friend Nancy from Fighting Over the VCR. Uh, her account is Nance1123 Bay Area. We love Nancy. And then our other person that also voted is A Little Persp Podcast. Or that's their username. A Little Perspective Podcast. They are also really awesome people, um, super nice. Uh, their username is a little pers p e r s p p oddcast podcast. Sorry. And Alexander um, also voted for us. His is filmski underscore underscore postery. And then we would like to give a special shout out to the person that went against us. Uh, they won. So congratulations, Review with Jules. Her username is Reviews, oh, Reviews with Jules, J-U-L-E-S. Who would have thought? Yeah, check them all out. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, we hope you tune in next week. Um, and this has been Laughing at Ourselves. Bye. Bye.